Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. I don't know about you, but we love mystery stories. That's why the Upside Down Story is one of our favorite podcasts. It turns a tale flipsy-flopsy upside-downsy so that you need to listen to the clues to figure out who the mystery storyteller is. Search for the Upside Down Story on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's me, Birdie, the conductor of the story train. I'm the one that wears a green baseball cap with a little white birdie on the front and my favorite overalls. We're all aboard the story train, and we've found a comfy seat because we're out of the station and already on a great adventure to someplace new. One whistle, we're on our way again. Do you remember where Story Train led us last time? It was off to someplace far, far away. It was so exciting. We met a new friend. Her name was Thumbelina. Today's Story Train adventure will complete the tale of Thumbelina. We shall have a visitor soon, said the field mouse one day. My neighbor pays me a visit every now and then. He's better off than I am. He has large rooms and wears a beautiful black velvet coat. If you married him, Thumbelina, you would be very well provided for indeed. But he is a blind mole, so you must enchant him with your stories. Thumbelina was not very interested in marrying a mole, but he came and paid his visit dressed in his black velvet coat. The mole was very rich and quick-witted, no doubt, but he always spoke rudely of the sun and the pretty flowers because he'd never seen them. So Thumbelina, who loved nature so very much, sang him the tune, Ladybird, ladybird, fly away home, and many other pretty songs. And the mole fell in love with her because she had such a sweet voice. But he said nothing about his feelings at first, for he was very cautious. Instead, he told Thumbelina and the field mouse that he had dug a long passage under the earth, which led from the dwelling of the field mouse to his own, and that they both had permission to walk there whenever they liked. But he warned them not to be alarmed at the sight of a bird laying in the passage. It had fallen into the passage as he was digging it. Oh, take us there, Thumbelina exclaimed. And so the mole took in his mouth a piece of phosphorescent wood, which glittered like fire in the dark. Then he went scurrying before them to light them through the long, dark passage. When they came to the spot where the bird lay, the mole pushed his broad nose through the ceiling so that the earth gave way and the daylight shone into the passage. In the middle of the floor, Thumbelina could now see a swallow lying there. His beautiful wings pulled close to his sides, his feet and head drawn up under his feathers. The poor bird looked as if he'd died of the cold. 
The mole pushed the swallow aside with his crooked legs and said, This swallow will sing no more now. How miserable it must be to be born a little bird. I am thankful that none of my children will ever be birds, for they can do nothing but cry tweet tweet and must always die of hunger in the winter. Yes, you may well say that is a clever mole, exclaimed the field mouse. What is the use of his twittering if when winter comes a bird must either starve or be frozen? Ha ha! Thumbelina said nothing, but when the two others had turned their backs upon the bird, she stooped down and stroked aside the soft feathers which covered his head and kissed the closed eyelids. Perhaps this was the one who sang to me so sweetly in the summer, she said, and how much pleasure it gave me, you dear pretty bird. That night, Thumbelina could not sleep in the field mouse's home. She was too worried thinking about the swallow. So she crept into the passageway made by the mole, along with a carpet made of hay. She carried it to the bird, who still appeared quite dead, and spread it over him, along with some down from the flowers which she had found in the field mouse's home. It was as soft as wool, and she patted some of it on each side of the bird, so that he might lie warmly in the cold earth. Farewell, pretty bird, she said. Farewell. Thank you for your delightful singing during the summer, when all the trees were green and the warm sun shone upon us. Then Thumbelina laid her head on the bird's breast, but she was alarmed, for it seemed as if something inside the bird went thump-thump, thump-thump. It was the bird's heart. He was not dead after all, only benumbed with the cold, and the warmth from Thumbelina's hay carpet and flower down had restored him. Thumbelina was quite frightened, for the bird was large, a great deal larger than herself as she was only an inch high. But she took courage, laid the wool more thickly over the poor swallow, and then took a leaf and laid it over his head. The next night, Thumbelina again stole out of the field mouse's home to see the swallow. He was alive, but very weak. He could only open his eyes for a moment to look at Thumbelina. Thank you, said the sick swallow. I have been so nicely warmed that I shall soon regain my strength and be able to fly about again in the warm sunshine. Oh, said Thumbelina, it is cold outside of this passage now. It snows and freezes. Stay in your warm bed, swallow. I will take care of you. All winter the swallow remained underground, and Thumbelina nursed him with care and love. She did not tell either the mole or the field mouse anything about it, since neither of them had seemed very kind about the swallow's condition. Soon the springtime came, and the sun warmed the earth. Then the swallow bade farewell to Thumbelina, and she opened the hole in the ceiling which the mole had made. The sun shone in upon them so beautifully that the swallow asked her if she would go with him. Thumbelina could sit on his back, he said, and he would fly away with her into the green woods. But Thumbelina knew it would grieve the field mouse if she left her friend suddenly, so she said, No, I cannot. Farewell then, farewell, said the swallow, and he flew out into the sunshine. Thumbelina looked after him, and the tears rose in her eyes. She was very fond of the poor swallow. When Thumbelina returned to the field mouse's home, the field mouse said, I've decided that you're like a daughter to me, and that you should be married, Thumbelina. 
My neighbour the mole has asked for you to be his bride. What good fortune for a poor child like you. Now we will prepare your wedding clothes. They must be woolen and linen. Nothing must be shabby when you are the wife of a mole. But Thumbelina was not at all pleased, for she did not like the tiresome mole. Every morning when the sun rose and every evening when it went down, Thumbelina would creep out at the door to see the blue sky, and she thought how beautiful and bright it seemed out there, and wished so much to see her dear friend, the swallow, again. But he didn't return, for by this time he'd flown far away into the lovely green forest. When autumn arrived, Thumbelina's bridal outfit was ready, and the field mouse said to her, in four weeks, the wedding must take place. Then Thumbelina wept and said she would not marry the disagreeable mole. Nonsense, replied the field mouse. He is a very handsome mole. The queen herself does not wear more beautiful velvets. His kitchens and cellars are quite full. Oh, you ought to be very thankful for such good fortune. So the wedding day was fixed, on which the mole was to take her away to live with him, deep under the earth, never again to see the warm sun because he did not like it. Thumbelina was very unhappy at the thought of saying farewell to the beautiful sun, and as the field mouse had given her permission to stand at the door every day, she went to look at it once more. Farewell, bright sun, Thumbelina cried, stretching out her arms towards it. Farewell, farewell, she repeated, twining her arm around a little red flower that grew just by her side. Greet the little swallow from me if you should see him again. Tweet, tweet, sounded over her head suddenly. She looked up, and there was the swallow himself flying close by. As soon as he spied Thumbelina, he was delighted. She told him how unwilling she was to marry the ugly mole and to live always beneath the earth, never more to see the bright sun. And as she told him, Thumbelina wept. Cold winter is coming, said the swallow, and I am going to fly away into warmer countries. Will you come with me now, Thumbelina? We can fly away from the pushy field mouse and the mole in his gloomy rooms, far away over the mountains into warmer countries, where the sun shines more brightly than here, where it is always summer and the flowers bloom in greater beauty. Fly now with me, dear little one. You saved my life when I lay frozen in that dark, dreary passage. Yes, I will go with you, said Thumbelina, and she seated herself on the bird's back with her feet on his outstretched wings. The swallow rose in the air and flew over forest and over sea, high above the highest mountains covered with eternal snow. Thumbelina would have been frozen in the cold air, but she crept under the bird's warm feathers, keeping her little head uncovered, so that she might admire the beautiful lands over which they passed. At length they reached the warm countries, where the sun shines brightly and the sky seems so much higher above the earth. Here on the hedges and by the wayside grew purple, green, and white grapes. Lemons and oranges hung from trees in the fields, and the air was fragrant with myrtles and orange blossoms. At last they came to a blue lake, and by the side of it, shaded by trees of the deepest green, stood a palace of dazzling white marble, built in the olden times. Vines clustered round its lofty pillars, and at the top were many swallows' nests, and one of these was the home of the swallow who carried Thumbelina. This is my house, said the swallow, but it would not do for you to live there. 
You would not be comfortable, Thumbelina. You must choose for yourself one of those lovely flowers, and I will put you down upon it, and then you shall have everything that you can wish to make you happy. This is all so delightful, Thumbelina said, and clapped her little hands for joy. A large marble pillar lay on the ground, which, in falling, had been broken into three pieces. Between these pieces grew the most beautiful large white flowers. So the swallow flew down with Thumbelina and placed her on one of the broad leaves. In the middle of the flower, Thumbelina stumbled upon the greatest surprise of her life. There before her, living in the flower, was a tiny little man. He had a gold crown on his head and delicate wings at his shoulders and was not much larger than Thumbelina was herself. He was the angel of the flower, for a tiny man and a tiny woman dwell in every flower, and this was the king of them all. Oh, how beautiful he is, whispered Thumbelina to the swallow. The little king was at first quite frightened at the bird, who was like a giant compared to such a delicate little creature as himself. But when he saw Thumbelina, he was delighted and thought her the prettiest being he'd ever seen. He took the gold crown from his head and placed it on hers, and asked her name and if she would be his wife and queen over all the flowers. Well, this certainly was a very different sort of husband from the son of the toad or the mole, so Thumbelina said yes to the handsome prince. Then all the flowers opened, and out of each one came a little lady or a tiny lord. Each of them brought Thumbelina a present, but the best gift was a pair of beautiful wings, and they fastened them to Thumbelina's shoulders so that she might fly from flower to flower. Then there was much rejoicing, and the swallow, who sat above them in his nest, was asked to sing a wedding song, which he did. And Thumbelina lived happily ever after in her very big role as Queen of the Flowers. It's time for us to head back to Pflugerville. Here comes the Rainbow Tunnel. Come back and see me again. You never know where the story train will take us. And if you like stories, search for Go Kid Go wherever you listen, and you'll find lots of great adventures. See you next time! Go Kid Go! like to laugh? Ah, uh, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts.